Well, good morning. How's everybody? We've had a good morning already, haven't we? Here in the dead of winter. I, I talked to somebody earlier and they said, when we left Michigan, it was 13 below. I said, that's a good reason to leave Michigan, you know? So we're glad all of you are here this morning. We're going to have a wonderful time in the word. Would you go ahead and stand up with me? And uh, let's just prepare our hearts as as we pray, and then we'll get into the Word today. Let's, let's lift our hands to the Lord this morning. Father, we just love you and thank you, faithful God, for your grace, for your love, for your goodness. God, we thank you for your incredible love for us, the life that you live, the sinless example, your teachings, that you went to the cross and were the sacrifice for all mankind, went into a tomb, and three days later you were raised by the power, by the glory of God ascended into heaven and sent us the Holy Spirit to be with us and in us and to help us and to come upon us in times of need. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would have your way in this service today. Today, may the lost be found. May the found grow. May the lonely be included and enfolded. May those that are bored or drifting, may they find purpose. And may the hurt, the poor, the sick, the weak, may they be made whole today. And Lord, I ask you for the anointing to deliver your word. Lord, we don't want to just a, a religious talk. We don't want to have just a little church service. God, we want to be impacted by you, your presence, and the power of your word today. So help me and anoint me to deliver your word. And may it impact every one of us, not in the moment, not just in the moment, but for the rest of our lives. Lord, I pray for whatever would be going on in hearts, lives, bodies, finances, marriages, their address, their circle. God, I pray that you show yourself strong, that you work on their behalf, perfect that which concerns them. And Lord, I thank you that you are able and we are able to call upon you. We thank you for that. And Lord, we pray that that when all is said and done this morning, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our life, the head over all things to this church, that you would be pleased, you would be glorified, and that these, your people, your precious people, would be helped today. And that is our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Help me welcome our internet audience, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, um, we've had a wonderful morning already. Um, Continuing on our series day by day. Everybody say day by day. And I want to emphasize that I believe a series is actually a season of God saying something to us, to the church. And for over 25 years now, I I pretty much operate in teaching series rather than just the one punch um, message. My mom tried to teach us to chew your food, you know, and so don't just gulp it all down, you know, take our time with us. And so we'll tend to do a series probably about six weeks long, usually. I went a bit longer in our series Thrive recently, but um, I, I just want us to be mindful of that. I believe that a season, a, a series rather, is a season that God is saying something to us. And what I think he's saying to us in this, in this series is we need to really pay attention and value and make priority what it is that we do day, to, day by day. Now, here's one of our uh, bottom line thoughts in this whole series, and it's this. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Why don't you read that with me? What you do day by day takes you to your future. Now, I want you to personalize it. What I do day by day takes me to my future. Do that with me. What I do day by day takes me 
to my future. You notice that phrase in there, takes me somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're on a journey. All of us are on a journey. I'm on a journey. You're on a journey. It's a spiritual journey. And hopefully we are moving from where we are to where God wants us to be. Now, none of that mentions perfection at all. Perfection does not come until we get to heaven. And as I've been telling you lately, we're not in heaven yet. It's pretty obvious that we're still in Florida, you know. So we're not in heaven yet. But God is wanting us to grow. He's, he's wanting us to gain traction and continue on this spiritual journey, as I said, of moving from where we are to where God wants us to be. And that is the best direction to be headed in life. Can I get an amen? Well, this is week three. And I'm not going to take the time to go back and review any more than that right now. You can go back and we have numerous ways that you can get the message. Um, if you have a smartphone or a tablet or a computer, you can get our, our app. It's completely free. You can watch messages live. Uh, you can go back and watch them archived. There's podcasts. There's uh, sermon notes. There's a whole bunch of ways to do that. And then, um, you know, like we said, we're just trying to get, keep the word going rather than it just go by. Do you, do you remember when you were a kid at Christmas, they have Charlie Brown Christmas or Rudolph, and it was just on once, and it was just, just gone, and if you missed it? And thank God for technology. You could go home if you wanted to and watch Rudolph today if, if you wanted to. I'm really not going to, but, um, you know, thank God for technology that we can continue to have that message um, available to us. Let's go ahead and dive in here and look in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is speaking, Sermon on the Mount. And he says, therefore, and you always have to ask yourself, what's the therefore, therefore? So it's tied in with some other things I'll come back to. Therefore, do not worry. Everybody say, do not worry. And that is the context. He's teaching us, do not worry. How many of you are good worriers? Uh, Come on. You're worried about what people are going to think if you raise your hand. Uh, How many of you are good worriers? How many of you might be like Olympic level? Okay. All right. Good. And, and, you know, I come from a long line of warriors, but I've, I've decided nothing good comes out of it. Previous in this chapter, Jesus said, you're, you're not gaining anything through worry, nothing. And so previous to this, uh, he, he talks about don't worry about what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. And he's just talking about the nuts and bolts of life, those kind of things. You need to stop worrying about those things. And then he shifts gears a little bit. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Oh, yeah, tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself, just kind of a figure of speech. And then notice this, each day has enough trouble of its own. So we're told not to worry about some things about today. And then we tend to sometimes today worry about tomorrow. And he said, I don't, worry, I don't want you worrying about today. And I don't want you worrying today about tomorrow. Uh, because then you kind of have a double harm. And so he, bottom line is you have a heavenly father. And your heavenly father knows what you need. Your heavenly father will take care of you. And when you understand that my heavenly father will take care of me, then I'm not going to worry. Right. You know, I, I never, uh, you know, looked out the window and saw my children when they were little playing in the driveway or a sandbox or something. I, I never saw them out there sitting worrying, you know, about grocery prices or what are we going to do when it's time to go to college? Tuition keeps going. My kids never worried about that. Why? Because they knew mom and dad would take care of that. Y'all miss that. Mom and dad would take care of that. And we have a heavenly father that's way better than mom and dad. And he knows and he's able to take care of us. And that's what Jesus was saying. He's not just saying don't worry. He's saying here's why you don't need to worry. Because you have a heavenly father to take care of that for you. Amen. Well, what we discover is kind of revealed in the middle of this. 
Can we go back to that verse, Mary, if we can go back to that? This last part, each day has enough trouble of its own. Do y'all ever see that? How many of you have seen that in life? Yeah, each, each day has enough trouble of its own. So it's revealed here, but we kind of already knew this, um, that every day has trouble. Every day has some pressure and some strain, um, uh, stress, even some anxiety that, that, that comes with that. The Living Bible says live one day at a time. And the Amplified Bible brings this out. Each day has trouble. And, and we've come to already kind of know that. So he's saying, I don't want you worrying about tomorrow. And it's a given that tomorrow there'll probably be some trouble. And the reality is that every day has trouble. Studies show that approximately 25% of your day, a quarter of your day, includes unpleasantries and some challenges. You know, even on a really, really you know, decent day, you're going to have some challenges. You're going to have some unpleasantries. You're going to have to deal with traffic. You're going to have to clean up after the puppy. You know, you're going to have to, uh, you know, pay that bill. There are a number of things that you've got to do along the way. It is a rare day, a rare day. I had, I had one maybe during the, during the Christmas holidays where I just did nothing, you know, and you just wore sweatpants all day. Watch a Gomer Powell marathon, eat a whole bag of potato chips, you know? Can I get a better amen in this place today? But, 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 but you can't live that way. If you do, I, I didn't care about anything. And at one point, Alicia took the remote from me. That was the biggest stress I had of the day. And she's flipping through and I didn't even want to see the news. I don't want to know nothing. Well, some people live like that. And you can't live, you do that day by day, that'd take you to a pretty bad future. So that day is kind of unrealistic. So lift that one out. And the reality is day by day, we do have every day has its troubles. What do we do with that? Because every day has some things that create pressure, anxiety, and worry. Have y'all ever heard of those things? Pressure, anxiety, worry, huh? Have y'all heard about? And what happens is they can be from something that is real or something that is perceived. May not even be real. Did you know that most things you worry about never come to your door? But we tend to do this. And what happens when we have anxiety, worry, and stress going on, there's a region of our brain that is impacted by that, that's affected when, when, you, have, when you sense anxiety, when you respond in anxiety, um, fear, worry like that. It affects a region of your brain that actually governs, don't miss this, that governs your emotional responses. And so if that stress and pressure, anxiety, uh, when, when that happens to you, that, that region of the brain then releases stress-related hormones, adrenaline, cortisol, different things like that. And what they do, God has created such an incredible system and body that it's for your good. You know, if something suddenly happened and I had to lift a grand piano off of a little baby, I could do it because of adrenaline. I can't do it other than that. And I pray I never have the opportunity to try that, you know. But it's to help you in that moment. It's to give you a surge of, of what you need so that you can respond in the moment. But We have become so good at anxiety and worry that that section of our brain is firing off this stuff, releasing this stuff. And let me tell you what it's doing. It is scorching your organs and systems. 
It is flooding systems that it's only meant to have that every now and then in certain situations. But we're living at such a pace, living in such a way, not using what God has given us, that we're actually frying our system. Consequently, it creates sickness in us. It creates disease. It complicates, makes worse, exacerbates disease. Think of the word disease. Break it down into two syllables. Dis-ease. And then beyond that, this is the portion of your brain that governs emotional responses. No wonder our emotions are all over the map. And it's because we're, we're reacting and responding in some ways that God did not design us to do this. So there is some instruction and clarity that will come from the Word of God that's going to help us uh, to deal with this today. And so I want you to pay good, good attention to all of this today. You with me so far? All right, let me shift gears a little bit and tell you that you are, I am, a three-part being. We are a three-part being. Um, I was teaching this years and years and years ago when I was a youth pastor. That was actually last century. And um, I had some junior high um, guys and girls. And I said, okay, let's review from last week. We're a three-part being. What are those three parts? And this little guy, I, I got it, I got it. I said, all right, Jimmy, what, what is it? And he goes, head, limbs, and thorax. I said, no, that's the grasshopper from your science class, okay? Okay. What we are, and I've got it up on the screen for you here. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Okay, read that with me. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. Now, I'm not going to take time to um, unpack all of that this morning. I did a much more complete teaching on this. Uh, Remember our series, Four Cups? Four Cups. The third week of that, we talked about this a little more. And then on Wednesday nights, uh, all during 2014, actually in 2015 as well, we did a series called Believe. So it'd be Believe Part 15, I'm pretty sure, uh, from last year that we also talked about spirit, soul, and body. What I want to do today is I want to shoot to right here, the soul, and I want to get into the center of the soul. And because the soul is made up of your will your intellect, and your emotions. It's in your soul that you think and feel and decide. And I want to go to emotions this morning. We want to talk about emotions because it's the emotions. It's that emotional part of you. And God made you with emotions, okay? But listen, they're not to rule you. They help you to experience things, to feel things. They actually help to highlight some things so that you'll remember some things. And, and they're to help you in this way. But they're, they're not to steer you. You are to steer them. And I would really caution you from ever making an emotional decision. Usually an emotional decision by itself is a, is a wrong decision. But let's drill down here. At the center of your soul are your emotions. And your emotions, emotions are the most volatile part of all of this. The word volatile actually comes from a word that originally meant to fly. How many of you know that sometimes one emotion can suddenly fly away? Or have you ever heard of somebody flying off the handle? You know, uh, have you ever heard of this? Mood swings. Have you all ever heard of that? And and so our emotions, you know, you 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 can be all right and then your emotions can change quicker than anything. And, and that's the nature of them. We, we were watching Funniest Home Videos the other night. 
And um, this guy was given a fake uh, lottery card. And it said, you have won, he scratched off, he won $10,000. And he's like, wow. And he's just running around, just squealing, high-fiving everybody, just going, going nuts. And then they said, well, read on, read on. How do you get the money? So he looks a little further and says, you may redeem this ticket at yo mama's house. So he went from normal, then to excited, to just, wow, to down in the depths, to mad. All in 30 seconds. Kind of reminds me of y'all. You know, because we are who, who we are, but we have got to do a better job with our, with our emotions. Now, here's the thing. Because your emotions are so volatile, they also become the target of the enemy of your soul. He will target it. Listen, the enemy does not go after your strengths. He goes after your weaknesses that he might exploit them. He's not looking for that fortified door with double locks and bulletproof glass. He's not looking, how can I get in this thing? He's, he's sneaking around, slithering around, trying to find that open window. He's trying to find another way to get in. And one of the ways that the enemy gets in and grabs you by the nose and drags you around and drags you down in life is through your emotions. And so we've got to guard this. And we're going to see a few things this morning how we, can, how we can do a much better job of this. If the enemy can get you off kilter in your emotions, then he can get you off in your soul. He can get you off then in your decisions, in your actions, and cause damage in relationships and everything else. And if then he can use this and leverage day by day what he can get you involved with day by day, then he can help to lead you into a future where he's, he's tamping down your personality, your potential, your joy, your creativity, and what you do day by day takes you where? To your future. He can impact your future by getting control of your emotions and, and, and helping you to lose that control. And instead of just being grumpy, now you've become a full-blown grump. It's not just something you were, it's something you, you are. And we've got to be careful. And then further, he'll try to do this. He'll try to convince you that's just the way you are. And if you buy into that, well, that's, that's just the way I am. Why, why are you always this way? That's just the way I am. But l- let me just ask you, if we're irritable, if we're short with people, if we're up once and down, and down later and, and all of that, is that really acceptable? Is that really good advertisement for the good truth and power of God to be in our life that we never know what we're going to get with people? You know, I think because our God is so faithful and so steady and his word is secure and it does not change. And we sang and declared that song this morning, rock, the rock won't move and his word is strong. You know, if we're connected with him, then I think there should be some stability in our life. And we talk a lot about this, that we should be happy and stable, fruitful, blessed. Well, guess what? Where does that stability really uh, find its work and find its sway? It's in our emotions. And we've got to be stable in our emotions. Yes, feel things and feel things strongly, but we are not, we are steering. We are not being steered by our emotions. Bob your head, say something, elbow your neighbor, all right. We must fight this every time we see it. We must fight this then probably every day. And I want to encourage you, if you have to fight it all day long, fight it. 
whatever it takes. If it takes fighting a wrong emotion all day, then fight it. Fight it all day long. Now, let me tell you a little, little bit about your will, your actions, and your emotions, okay? Your will does not have full control over your emotions. Now, you can will some things regarding your emotions. Like when I was little, my mom would say, stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. How many of you know I'm instantly cheered up? Okay. I willed it. Okay. Um, the scripture says, this is the day the Lord has made. I, I will what? Rejoice. I think you can make a choice to rejoice. But reality is your will does not have full control over your emotions. But your will does have great control over your actions. And your actions can redirect your emotions and your feelings. Did y'all get that? So if we're going to take charge of our emotions, there are some things that we're going to have to will to do to cooperate with God. And in the doing, then we will be steering and not be steered instead by our emotions. So here's what we want to do. You want to monitor, first of all, you want to monitor your emotions. You want to monitor your emotions. That means we want to pay attention to our soul. We want to be looking at Don't you wish we had gauges on us? You know, I wish I had a belt or something I could look down and, and see. I need, I need lunch. Now, it's, now it's like word level low. Uh, prayer. I need, I need more, more prayer. Uh, my joy level. Watch this. You're getting selfish. Selfish meter is pegging. You know, I wish we had meters sometimes so that we could kind of see what's going on. And then you can go ahead and and take care of some things, you know? But we have to monitor our soul. And in particular, we need to monitor and, and watch our emotions. Now, let me go ahead and get a little closer to you on this. Do not just accept. Hear me. Don't just accept while I'm down today. Don't just accept, uh, I'm just kind of off today. Don't accept that. Are you hearing me? I'm going to tell you, don't accept that. Well, that's the way I am. No, and that's a lie of the enemy. Don't just accept that. Let, let me ask you this. You're walking along and you get a rock or something in your shoe. You won't just go, hey, what's wrong with you? Well, I just, just keep going. You wouldn't do that. I mean, you'd, you'd stop, sit down on the, on the, on the road. And pop your shoe off and see what's in here, what's going on. You, would, you wouldn't just accept it. Ladies are looking at me. What if you got a bug in your blouse? Huh? You wouldn't just be, oh, I'm fine. You'd say, excuse me. Would you not? You'd go find some place to see what's going on in here. Would you not? And, and remember, I told you, fight it. What if you got to fight a little bit later? What if, what if five minutes later, I don't think I got that rock out. Well, we got to keep going though. You wouldn't do that. Or even if you just thought, I think that bug's still there and he has a brother. You're going to find some way. I'm, I'm finding out what's going on here. But you know what though? We get down or we get off and we just say, uh, you know, just back off me today. Cause I'm grumpy. It's unacceptable. 
It's really not appropriate when he's given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. And plus, we're not just here for us. You're here for other people. And you're here also to be advertisement and a prototype of what it looks like to be in covenant with God, to have the Holy Spirit in you and to walk in the light of God's word. I don't think that makes a bunch of moody, uh, unpredictable people. Well, pastor, this is a high standard. I don't know if I can keep it. None of us can without the help of the Holy Spirit. And none of us can unless we choose to pay attention and monitor what's going on in my soul, what's going on with my emotions, and refuse to just allow that to be there in our life. Can I get an amen if you've at least heard me? Look at this. You need to ask yourself, what's, what's going on? Why am I feeling this? You need to be be so in tune with God, but you also need to be in tune with what's going on with you. Ah, You just know, ah, what what is this weighing on me? Now look at this in Psalm 42. David, he says, now read it very carefully. Watch this. He goes, why my soul? Now remember, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. So who's who's talking? I already told you. Who's talking? David. And who's he talking to? His soul, himself. So David said, why, my soul? Look, why are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Listen, he didn't just let it lay. He just didn't say, well, it's just because what? You know, and when and David was going through some stuff, he's being taunted by his enemies. He's literally on the run. His rebel son has taken over the kingdom. I mean, all, he went from the palace to now just you know, sleeping in caves and under trees and running for his life, you know, I see that there might be some reasons he's a little bit upset, but this is what he did. He didn't just accept it. He just said, what's, what's going on, me? Why am I feeling this way? What, what's going on here? And, and, and here's what we need to do. We need to check. We need to monitor. Okay, why am I feeling a little nervous today? Why am I feeling a little anxious today? I mean, locate it, label it. God will show you what to do with it. Why do I feel a little guilty today? Why do I feel sad today? Why do I feel a little bit of heaviness today? You know, last night we, we got a call um, in regards to one of our relatives going through something pretty, pretty hard right now. And so the last thing I did last night was to pray, and I prayed for her. And when I woke up this morning, I'm, I'm spending time with the Lord and getting my heart ready and preparing for today a little further and I had, I had this, because I checked myself on this. I just, what is that? What is that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? You just got a little, a little heaviness. And, and as I just kind of took a little time, I realized, oh, oh, it, it has to do with her in that situation. So, and, and I have it right now. I have it right now. But I know what to do with it, and I know what it is. You, you want to know what it is. And God, what do I do with it? And, and I believe it's my love for that person but it is also God keeping that on me so I will continue to pray. Are y'all with me? But don't just, I don't know, I'm just a mess today, okay? So keep your distance. No, no, I, I just don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. The other thing you need to check and monitor is this. Holy Spirit, are you, are you saying something? Are you trying to speak something to me? Are you trying to stir something in me? Are you giving me a burden for something? Are you convicting me of something? You know, I want the Holy Spirit to show me where I'm missing it. We all have blind spots, but guess who can see everywhere? The Holy Spirit. And I love the way he deals with us. 
And it, it might be that. It might be also because, understand this, the Holy Spirit leads us by peace. He also leads us by lack of peace. And sometimes that peace is the go-ahead. It's the green light. And other times it's the yellow light flashing, the red light stop, and we keep going. I've had trips before, scheduled, plane tickets bought, packed, ready to go, and get up in the morning, day of, and I've got this holdup, almost like a warning, you know, to not, to not go. They said, but I've already done this and this and this, but, you know, I did that knowing what I know, but God, by his Holy Spirit, knows more. And I would rather side on the caution of I'm trying to follow the Holy Spirit than go ahead and y'all go, where's pastor? I don't know. He's hanging off a cliff somewhere. You know, I, I, I'd rather follow. That's the, that's the best path to go. So we have to monitor. Everybody say monitor. You got to monitor. So David questioned his soul, which I recommend you do as well. And then David directs his soul. Look at the second half of verse five here in Psalm 42. He's talking now to his soul still. He says, put your hope in God. Everybody say that. Put your hope in God. Now, what, what did he say previously? Why am I downcast? Why am I disturbed? Why am I disquieted? And then he tells his soul, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and your God. So put your hope in God. The Living Bible puts it this way, and I love it. Expect God to act. So he's speaking to his soul, expect God to act. And the remedy for this malady of being downcast, being troubled, being disturbed is hope. But hope has to be put in the right place. Don't miss this statement right here. Don't just seek relief. When you're troubled, you're agitated. Don't just seek relief. Seek God. I'll say it again. Don't just seek relief. Seek God. What do you mean seek relief, Pastor? You go, oh, I'll just take a BC powder and I'll come back strong. How many of you remember BC powder? I don't even know if they still have it. But anyway. Or something, I just need a five-hour energy drink. I just need a coffee or I just need a nap or I just need a cookie. You know, and we're medicating in a lot of different ways something that's going on in our soul. And you can't medicate what's going on in your soul. You're going to have to question your soul and direct your soul and tell your soul hope is the remedy for whatever's going on here. Hope will despair. uh, Hope will dispel despair. Hope will overpower fear. When you have this, this kind of hope, get, get this next statement here. The soul is healthy when hope is present. The soul is healthy when hope is present. And, you know, I've been in ministry 30, I don't know, a long time. I've been in ministry. Started when I was three. And I've found in ministering to people that, that it's a dangerous thing when there's little or no hope in their life. So it's one thing to just say, okay, hope in God, hope in God. But I want to I show you a way before we finish real quick here this morning of how to actually tap into that hope that will help you. Look in Psalm 42, verse 6, and this is just continuing on. Pay attention to this now. David is still talking. He says, oh, my God, who's he talking to now? He's talking to God. He's, this is not just slang. Oh, my God, oh, my God. I mean, you know, we say, oh, my God, too much. Oh, my God, oh, my God. No, he's actually talking to God. He says, oh, my God. And now before he was what? Soul. Oh, my soul. What's going on? And now he's questioned his soul. He's directed his soul. Put your hope in God. Now he talks to God. Oh, my God. My soul is cast down within me. And then look at this. Therefore, because of that. What? Read it like strong. Like, 
I will remember you. That's what you've got to do. You've got to put yourself in remembrance. I love it in the message paraphrase. It says this. I will rehearse everything I know of you. See, when you're in that place of being discouraged or, or downcast or disturbed, you need to put your hope in God. Y'all listening to me? Because we're wrapping this up here. Put your hope in God. And when you, the best way to tap into that hope is to remember what God has done for you. To think back what your history, at least you opened the service this morning. How many of you, God has done anything for you? You know, and, and you got to call a time out and say, all right, the world is coming at me like crazy. They are blitzing. I think they have too many men on defense. This is not where time out. And you, you got to and, and get alone and say, God, and go back and rehearse what God has done for you. I love that in the message. I will rehearse everything I know of you. And when you do that, hope will start to rise. Think of David. David was a shepherd boy. And his dad said, I want you to take these Lunchables out to your brothers at war. Some of y'all didn't even get it. Take some, <laughs> take some cheese and some bread and take this stuff out, out to your brothers. So he arrives at the battle scene and here's what he finds. The mighty army of Israel hiding behind rocks and in foxholes. Bunch of cowards. And the army of the Philistines is over there snacking while this giant Goliath is standing out there mocking them defiling the name of their God, blaspheming him, making a ridicule of them, and they're just shivering. And David thinks for a moment, and he reminds himself, the Lord delivered me from the paw of the lion, and the Lord delivered me from the paw of the bear. I'll take this guy's head off. I I made it a little more dramatic, but... And that's what happened. And he had hope, and he had courage They go together, hope and courage. He had that because he reminded himself of what God had done for him. Look at this in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21. Look at this. It's just clear. It's all over. This I recall to my mind, which is in your soul. Therefore, because of that, read it with me. What? I have hope. This is all in the context of his mercies that are new every morning, day by day. This is in the context of his compassion and the greatness of his faithfulness. I recall that to mind and therefore I have hope. And then one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible uh, in Psalm 116, verse 7. Look at this. Look at this. It's beautiful. Return to your rest, my soul. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. I find that my soul returns to rest when it's reminded how, how faithfully good God is to me. Oh, you can get whipped up into a frenzy about all the stuff that's wrong and going on in life. But I'm telling you, your soul can be troubled, but your soul will return to rest. When you can be reminded and you become aware again of just how faithful and how good God is to every one of us. So I'm going to finish up with this. You've got to monitor your soul. Your emotions, that's a very vulnerable, volatile part of you. And the enemy will target your emotions. And so pay attention. Monitor that. Uh, Ask yourself, hey, what's going on? Locate it. Remember, you got a bug in your blouse or a rock in your shirt. What's going on here? Because we're not going all day with this. And if you got to stop a couple times to fix it and adjust, do what you got to do. Because it's not right that we go our whole day this way. Now, if you go your whole way today 
You didn't have to. You didn't have to. Stop and deal with that. Put your hope in God. And the best way to put your hope in God is to remember all that he's done for you. Amen? Listen, don't just seek relief. Seek God. And he's the God of all hope. And I'm telling you, his hope will make a difference on the inside. What you do day by day takes you to your future. Did y'all get anything at all out of this this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you.